Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. For many years, people have said local governments should be run like a business. It should be efficient and cost-effective. And taxpayers should be treated like clients or customers, ensuring excellent service and accountability. Then ask anyone who has gone before a local council as a delegation to ask for something. You get 10 minutes to speak. Politicians ask a couple of questions. You sit and wait until your item comes up on the agenda. Then, depending on your request, you get what you want or council votes to accept your presentation for, quote, informational purposes, quote. There your request goes to sit on a shelf and gather dust. In 2019, the Federation of Canadian Municipalities released a national poll saying 56% of Canadians feel their local government can improve the quality of life in their community. That's barely half. On today's show, Coburg Deputy Mayor Nicole Beattie will explain a major overhaul to the way council is run. The goal is to make it easier for people to talk to politicians and get more input. It is also going to change the structure of how council operates. For some, it means a more transparent system that will give politicians and the public a greater voice into decisions. For others, it could mean a path to full-time councillors and a power grab by those in charge. Have a listen and you can decide. I'm so pleased to have with me today, Nicole Beattie, the Deputy Mayor of Coburg. Welcome back to Consider This. Hi, Rob. It's always nice to be here. Can you tell the listeners why they should care about changes to this governance proposal? Like, why does this matter? Fair question. I I, I love governance. I, you know, I, I do work in uh organizational governance and and policy for for the nonprofit sector but to answer your question why should residents care well ultimately uh, the possible changes to our governance structure uh, is really the composition of not only how council uh will will govern and lead the community uh, but it will also help I'm hoping to evolve and shape uh, a reimagined way in which council and the community can connect on future decision-making and future community building uh, procedures. So I I do think residents, I do hope that residents pay attention and care about this because it's ultimately comes down on helping to shape uh, the next model of, of how council uh, governs the community. And I can imagine most people uh, at at some point are going to need to come before counts to get something done, whether it's to get a permit to do a renovation or build a fence or put up a clothesline. Right. So things like permits actually don't, you know, some things have delegation of authority and don't come to, to 
to counsel, uh, but you raise a really good point. Uh, we want to have an open door policy and we want to remove barriers to participation. And we want, obviously we have to provide a formal framework for council engagement and governance, but we wanna make it uh, residents feel at ease and feel that their voices do matter and know that they are heard. So I am hoping, hoping through this governance review that we A, create more frequent opportunities, both informal and formal, for the community to connect with council, uh, creating more opportunities uh, for listening and constructive conversations, uh, but then also making our meetings more accessible and efficient uh, so that folks know that they can come before council in a timely manner rather than having to sift through uh, a very long and lengthy meeting sometimes before they have an opportunity to be heard or, or to listen to a particular uh, municipal affair that they're that they're interested in. So let's begin by describing the old system council used before these changes were proposed. Can you very simply describe how it worked? Yeah, we don't operate on a ward system, obviously. Members are elected at large and we serve at large. In the past, we worked on what was called a coordinator system. So this was based on the different departments or divisions of the town. You know, we had a coordinator of public works, of planning, of arts and culture, and, and so on. And a member of council was assigned that portfolio, or they would apply for that portfolio shortly after being, uh, after inauguration, after being sworn in. And that member of council was essentially the liaison uh, for, for that department. So citizens would know who, who to go to or who to contact. Uh, and then we had a rotating chair so that council member would represent uh, their coordinator files or introduce those files or staff reports and motions on the council floor. So that was how council portfolios were assigned. And then we operate on what's called a committee of the whole and a regular council. So on one Monday, we have committee of the whole. This is your informal council meeting where everything is introduced onto the floor. We debate, we discuss, we bring forward motions. We would hear delegations from the community. The following Monday, we would have what's called regular council. And that's essentially when a lot of resolutions would be passed or put into uh, like a bylaw would be created or they it would officially be endorsed and become part of the municipal pipeline. And so we followed uh, that rhythm. And then in between all of that, we would have advisory committee meetings. So some are statutory, like accessibility and heritage, but then we would have like a climate action advisory committee, a planning and development advisory committee, a transportation advisory committee or an ad hoc committee. And these committees were comprised of citizen volunteers, subject matter experts, or uh, folks who are passionate uh, about that, that area of the municipality. And this is when business of the municipality uh, would come forward and advisory groups would, would review materials and make recommendations to council, which would then come forward at committee of the whole. So lots of layers and, and lots of formalities uh, through these discussions. And what the governance review is looking to do uh, is to open that up a little bit uh, and propose a, a new modern framework for engagement. If you're going back, we would we would think, oh, it's the deputy mayor. The deputy mayor traditionally was in charge of the budget. And right. the budget had a committee and they would meet and talk about stuff. And then it was your job to bring that budget forward and council would discuss it. And uh, that was your job. But that's the old way. 
when did it become apparent that a change was needed? Hmm. I think the, the driving factor in this was the last term of council went through a service delivery and an organizational review. Uh, so again, this is essentially an exercise as to find efficiencies and, and modernization in the municipality. And one of the key recommendations that came out of the org review uh, was uh, a governance service, a governance delivery a framework review. And I, I also think it became even more apparent locally when in the last term, Northumberland County Council went through a review and implemented a standing committee structure. To my understanding, Rob, Coburg may be one of the few municipalities in Ontario that operate on a coordinated system. But that's the unique thing about a municipality, right? Like we get to, there's models that exist, but we get to create our own procedural bylaw. And I think what this uh, draft report and draft recommendations from staff brings forward is a balanced blend um, between some modern uh, governance frameworks for the community to consider. The recommendation talks about something called the standing committee system. Can you explain the system that you're looking at? And I'll try to explain this as clearly and efficiently as possible or as succinctly as possible. So the standing committees would be what what staff have recommended the four committees is to try to evolve from the coordinator system. So as you'll see, we have like a public works and a planning committee. We have a governance and strategic initiatives and finance committee. And then we have like uh, parks and rec and community services and, and ECDEV. So we are still trying to organize the standing committees around uh, the business of the municipality and how our divisions are structured for some consistency. But what the standing committees would do is they would have, well, this is recommended to be three members of council. It could have more. Uh, and then the particular parts of the business or those divisions or those projects would come forward at those standing committees. And that's where members of the public or delegations would come forward too. So a more um, smaller gathering, a more focused agenda, more opportunity for a deeper dive. Uh, and then what would happen is uh, decisions made by the standing committees would come forward to a consent agenda at regular council. Regular council would have all members of council and it would either be received and endorsed or a member of council could still pull out a particular issue if they didn't, weren't happy with the recommendation or the way the vote went. Uh, and quorum, if you know, a four votes of the seven would still allow for that file to be reviewed and the decision could still change. So ultimately what the community needs to understand is everything still goes through the proper procedures, but the final decision will always happen at that full meeting of all of council. So let's unpack that a bit because there's a lot in there. And, and so the biggest change I notice is that we're getting rid of the uh, coordinatorships. So we don't have a counselor who's a specialist in planning or somebody like yourself that's devoted to the budget or to the library or to the police service. We don't have that anymore. We have, uh, we're getting rid of that system. The other thing that I notice about this system is, is that the committee of the whole meeting where people used to come and, you know, do their 10 minute 
stand up at the beginning of the meeting and then wait to see what council did later. That's all going by the wayside. And it's where a council would debate a lot of things and decide, but then it had to go to the regular council meeting to be approved. So that whole system is getting flushed. And now you're having something called the standing committee. So it seems like it's smaller and it's made up of just politicians and some staff. And then they're going to take whatever issues in, under the certain umbrellas and they're going to hammer away and they're going to say, look, this is what we need to do. And that's going to be done. And then that goes up to council. And just like in the other meetings, council gets to decide what goes forward and what does not. Is is that a, is, is, am I understanding what's really different now? I think it's a fair interpretation. The one thing I would like to clarify is so we're not getting rid of police services. I mean, the Sorry. two members of council, yeah. myself yeah. and yeah. council yeah. bureau, are still appointed to sure. the, the police board. Sure. So I just wanted to yeah. clarify no, that. That's, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, My mistake. No, My mistake. Yeah, but yeah, you are you're essentially right. So I think that the three big changes would be uh, correct. Getting rid of the coordinator system. And as outlined in the staff uh, discussion report, some of the benefits of that is you're gonna have more members of council briefed and informed and more in depth on files rather than everything coming to uh, to council uh, and everyone trying to pull apart things. So sometimes the coordinator system could create a little bit of uh, silos or, or territory. So the knowledge and the information sharing will be spread across more than just one member of council. Also with the coordinator meetings, those meetings were never open to the public. They Again, they were informal between the coordinator and staff, but now with the standing committee, that entire meeting is open to the public. So that's good news. And then I think where the other changes are is, yes, committee of the whole would then meant to be uh, more streamlined through the regular council process. We would be folding some advisory committees, but what I'm actually really excited about and in speaking with some citizens, is more of a shift from advisory committees to focusing more on task force and working groups and ad hoc committees. So these are more informal committees of council where subject matter experts can come around the table. Uh, they're more uh, working in nature. There's less procedural formalities. Uh, so you don't have to wait for a motion or to put your hand up. It can be more constructive. Uh, and they're more time bound. So looking at to a 12 to 18 month commitment. So hopefully we're creating more opportunities for subject matter experts to get involved, uh, less of a time commitment and a more meaningful contribution uh, to the business of the municipality. I think the one thing I just want listeners to be very clear of, the intention of this governance review is not to eliminate citizen participation or that advisory role, it's ultimately meant to create more participation in more informal and connected ways. And you'll see that in some of the draft materials where dedicated delegations at standing committee, where you have a more focused and, and attentive audience, you don't have to wait as long. And things like community presentations, more open forums, town halls. So again, really trying to remove those barriers to participation. And uh, what I'm really excited about the governance review is bringing about more creative and meaningful ways for council to connect with the community. 
Let's unpack more of that then, because I think that's <laughs> that's uh, that's really interesting. Because uh, on the surface, it sounds like council is losing a lot of citizen input. You know, uh, these uh, uh, these uh, advisory committees and these boards, they they were really you know the place where I mean, I, I remember distinctly in the last council. Um, Parks and Recreation Committee was really, really engaged at a very high level. They worked really, really hard. They brought a lot of stuff forward, Parks and Rec Master Plan, a whole bunch of stuff. And and it seemed to work really, really well. Um, I, I'm not clear how this system is going to better serve the, the public. Can you give us an example that will show us that this new system is, is going to be better? Because, you know, all these task force and ad hoc committees all depend on council, whether they want to create one or not. Whereas mm -hmm. the other ones, they always seem to be there. You know, you know, every month, 12 months a year or whatever, they were going to be meeting and you could go and, and talk to them or they would be dealing with issues. How is this going to be better? And can you give us an example? Yeah, for sure. I, I can appreciate why some members of the community think that uh, there's less advisory opportunities. What I definitely heard during the last election was people wanted more informal and less structured ways uh, to get involved. And I I believe the, the clerk could validate this statement, but we've actually been seeing recruitment for advisory committees decrease over uh, the last few times, uh, just because of the level of informality, um, the amount of work, a four-year commitment versus more subject-specific or time-bound commitment or more episodic uh, expert involvement. One of my favorite working groups, actually there was two in our last term of council, one was Memorial Arena, brought together uh, multiple disciplines, different citizens, uh, some from advisory committees, others that were just applied from the general public. And it for about a year and a half, it was a working group on coming up with how to repurpose uh, the recreational facility. The municipal land inventory group, that was an informal working group of, of, of council. And we were able to come up with um, lands available for potential affordable housing, mixed use housing developments. And so again, this got really into the nitty gritty uh, in my opinion, less bureaucracy at the meetings and more collaborative thinking. Um, and maybe it's just the nature of how I operate and think, but task force and working groups, you actually get like some clear, concrete outputs. And I think staff love that interaction uh, from the community rather than, you know, this very formal and guided um advisory committee structure that can sometimes stifen um, citizen engagement. Again, uh, some people are going to view this as um, trying to become more of a closed government and others are going to see this as a more exciting way uh, to be a part of shaping their municipality. And, and this is obviously why it's going th through such a rigorous three-step uh, community engagement process. The report calls for participatory committees, public delegations, innovative public engagement methods. But when you think about the way that delegations work now, I mean, you know, somebody comes up, stands up before council, they get 10 minutes, it's timed. Um, the presenter makes their thing, then they get a couple of questions, you know, the politicians thank them, then there's a couple of questions. And then 
you know, it's accepted for information purposes. Mm-hmm. How can this be improved? I mean, when somebody says for informational purposes, it's almost like, you know, this thing's being sent to its death now mm-hmm. because it's going to go, you know, how many people tell you, oh, it's going to go sit on a shelf and gather dust. I mean, I'm thinking now of the sleeping cabin, most recently the sleeping cabin mm-hmm. proposal. Delegations came and, you know, it, it feels like it's dead. How do we, how is this new system going to change that so that it's not so formulaic? It, you know, counselors are going to be more than just asking a couple of questions and then thanking somebody and accepting it for informational purposes. Mm-hmm. I think in that, excellent points. I think in that more focused environment, you can have a more meaningful conversation. With community presentations, you can have more of an exchange between committee members, in this case, the standing committee uh, and the delegation versus right now at Community of the Whole or regular council. When you do a delegation, what's emotions on the floor that council's considering? You can't you can't be part of that conversation after your 10 minutes is up. Uh, so the way that I understand and have interpreted interpreted uh you know, these community presentations or open forums or town halls is a more, uh, a greater exchange, a greater opportunity for for dialogue and uh, questions of clarification and and follow-up. I also think that by focusing on uh, the standing committees, because it would be the same as with the coordinator meetings. And again, this was something that the public never saw, but there'd be a, um, a recurring agenda all the time. And so you had a better pulse on following, again, if you were in that lane of the municipality or that area of unfinished business. Um, I just think it's more a more niche and boutique way of getting involved in the area of the municipality that interests you uh, uh, the most, rather than coming to a seven hour council meeting where you're maybe only there for one item. Uh, so then this way you could go to a two hour meeting and really dive into all the themes uh, and hopefully citizens will learn about um, a complimentary file uh, that they maybe weren't aware of. So, again, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't fully know how this unfolds, but in participating in a few standing committees as a delegate at the county level, um, I do appreciate you do feel like there's a little bit more attention uh, to detail and more of an opportunity uh, for for that uh, uh, reciprocal dialogue for that exchange. I wonder though how much it it really comes down to semantics because you know you talk about town halls and you know forums, but you know council's always been a public meeting. We can all show up. We can all participate. It, you know, you can sign up. It, it's it's not really there's not a lot of barriers and and it is open. But then you look at moments like that uh, public safety meeting around the downtown. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's an example where, you know, council wasn't at the dais. They weren't up on the front. Uh, The mayor wasn't up at the front, um, but there was the police chief. And they're talking about critical issues for the community, huge attendance, lots of participation, lots of very meaningful, heartfelt uh, presentations made by people. and while, you know, maybe the chief would say it was about public safety and about policing, there was a lot there that was political as well. Mm-hmm. How, when we look at that, I mean, is that what we're we're going to see more of? Is it is it that kind of thing? Or how, how when we see what we're doing now, is it going to be transformed 
when we already have public meetings or, you know, we when we have a crisis or something big, you know, here's the chief stepping up and saying, okay, finally, let's get together and let's have it out. And he leads the charge. How, how is it going to change, you know, with these town halls and these forums? I mean, we're going to see more of them. Is it going to be like that or uh, like the, the, the public safety one or... I'm just trying to get people, uh, the listener, uh, something in their mind that they can picture that'll say, this is what it's going to be like. For sure. Absolutely. Our council meetings are open to the public. I, th I think the, the biggest point of differentiation that we'll see uh, should, however, this review unfolds and whatever recommendations come forward and whatever decisions council makes after the public engagement cycle is the rules of engagement. You know, right now, our rules of engagement, you can show up at a meeting, you get 10 minutes, but you don't get a follow-up question. It's it's very formal. It's very hard uh, to add something uh, to the agenda. I mean, right now, a member of council has to submit, like I just submitted a notice of motion today, right? And that will get, just the notice will get voted on on Monday, but then council won't be able to talk about it for two more weeks. And then it'll be another week until it's finalized and then another three weeks until we see it back. Um, so we're almost looking at like a three to four month cycle. Uh, same thing for citizens. So I do think that there's a way to introduce more flexible rules of engagement. You know, municipally we call it our procedural bylaw. So there'll be a lot of amendments there. With respect to really appreciate and commend uh, the chief and deputy chief of police for taking that initiative with their uh, open meeting. And I think that those are conversations that the community needs to be happening. I mean, we just talked about this last week at, at Community of the Whole um, when we made a motion to uh, add town halls to this governance review. And so what are those rules of engagement? What does that look like? Uh, I believe we're in an era right now where we need to be listening more. Uh, I think we have with so much misinformation out and about um, and different ways of consuming news, an opportunity to educate and engage. Um, most often I find citizens just wanna be heard. And then once they receive the information, at least they feel um, more informed going back out into the community. Uh, so I would like council to, to be doing a few of those open forum town halls. Uh, throughout the year, because uh, sometimes we just have to have a community conversation. Not everything requires a formal notice of motion and staff resources and budget allocation. Sometimes we as a community, when we need to heal and move forward, uh, just a really big uh, listening forum uh, sometimes can go a, a, a really long way. In the report to council, if you read between the lines, this document is as much for staff as it is for politicians. What do you see as the changes that will impact staff and their performance? Hmm. Good question. My take from it is I really do hope it's going to create more efficiencies for our staff. Uh, you know, right now, there's a lot of overtime hours that are put into uh, long meetings. Uh, Again, just the marathon community, the whole we had just last week, you know, we have all directors uh, sitting in on that meeting, whereas at a standing committee, 
they would be there for their block of time. Um, all directors show up to our committee and regular councils uh, because they are they are there to support the municipality and not just their agenda items. So I think that there's going to be more efficiencies in the amount of staff hours that are spent just sitting in a meeting that might not be relevant to them. I think uh, we're going to streamline uh, reporting. You know, right now we have staff resources acting as recording secretaries for all these different committees that require their own reports and and uh, their own tracking. And that could be in a much more coordinated effort. Uh, I mean, efficiency sounds like an overkill uh, in, in this exercise, but I, I really do think that it's going to um, make the most use of staff's time and resources. But I also hope that through the standing committee structure, it connects the community uh, to the various levels of the municipalities as well. And they're able to meet, uh, you know, the employees who dedicate their careers to public service. Uh, so creating a bit more community connections, but uh, and hopefully it's just also too. just, uh, I think sometimes we get really redundant in writing staff reports. Uh, and so this way, my understanding with the standing committee, it's like an evolving continuum rather than uh, start, stop meeting, start, stop meeting. So I'm hoping that we're going to see more rolling, uh, rolling over of work, evolution of work. I also think it's going to help keep the municipality accountable to its unfinished business instead of the you know this popcorn machine of every file going all over the way i think we're going to be able to create a dashboard and a workflow that is sustainable for staff but also a lot more productive for council and the community is my current understanding of of the options for discussion now, the report talks about less formal approaches to decision-making, and you've described some of those uh, in our conversation. But sometimes less structure can mean chaos. Mm. And how do you prevent things from devolving either into anarchy or into a dictatorship under a politician or a group of politicians that are bullying others and the public, and they're not, they're not really opening it up, but they're instead closing it down Well, the great thing is we have one of the best clerks, if not the best clerk in Ontario, uh, who uh, will definitely keep us accountable and on track. My understanding in studying standing committees in Ontario and uh, and doing my research through, you know, agencies like AMO and, and OSUM and, and other things like that, is it, it, it actually keeps more members of council accountable to each other um, and almost... You have to have that discussion at standing committee, which is where that number of three kind of works. Well, I mean, we're, we're seven members of council, right? So when you're at regular council, a majority vote would be four to three. A standing committee of three, even if it was passed unanimously or two to one, a member of council could still bring that out at regular council and it would have the opportunity to, uh, to change there on the council floor. So I actually think a standing committee keeps more of us in the public eye accountable and the community can watch how that decision making evolves from standing committee to regular council rather than sometimes what is a free for all of decision making at committee of the whole and regular council. So uh, I've definitely had a lot of concerns like that from members of the public, uh, but my understanding and what I've 
researched and, and spoken to um, council colleagues in other municipalities is they've actually found that something like a standing committee um, uh, actually keeps members of council uh, more accountable and ideally creates a bit more of that collaboration uh, and, and, and team building. There's always talk when there is change, two words keep popping up, and they've even been mentioned several times in our conversation. That is effective and efficient. <laughs> but the counter to that is, what's the rush? Shouldn't we be slowing down um, to ensure that public education is taking place? I mean, you've mentioned already misinformation and disinformation are two big enemies of the work that politicians and the public want to do. I mean, you know, do we take enough time to get buy-in to build a consensus and isn't consensus really the ultimate goal and consensus, it does take time. But I mean, you look at things like, again, recent issues like the harm reduction and, and sleeping cabins. Um, there was never a lot of time to have public education, to get large buy-in and to build consensus before decisions got to be made. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I do think we need to slow down. I mean, I think some people would actually say we're, we're too, we're too slow at times. Uh, I'm a believer that efficiency and effectiveness, uh, and if you can find alternative words for that, please let me know. Uh, I actually think that when done and implemented accurately, uh, it, it does create a broader sense of awareness and education. My understanding, and I think one of the foundations in the recommendation for the governance review from the KPMG report from the last term of council was a greater sense of education and engagement and taking these remodeling of our current governance to build that consensus building. Uh, and what I hope folks see through that standing committee program is that you do see where the business of the day is introduced, uh, it would be in the public domain more. Because right now, Committee of the Whole, the agenda is published 10 days before. Next week, the agenda is only published a day before. You, you really don't get a chance to digest it versus standing committees where, again, it's that continuum of the municipal business. Um, I my, my feeling and hope with this recommendation is it's actually going to keep the matter at hand, it creates more opportunities for people to get involved and engaged. Um, breakout groups, like for example, if a project like the cabins had come forward, you could have created a little bit of a working task force uh, with that group and neighborhood engagement and et cetera. So call me a wishful thinker, Rob, but the options on the table or in the community for discussion right now, I think that end goal is to create um, a higher level of of consensus building across the community. I'm sure there's people listening that are very cynical and they're saying to themselves, <laughs> aren't you just creating the more work for each counselor? And then rather than having experts uh, that know a lot about a particular area in council, now politicians are going to have to know 
about everything and and it's just going to turn them into full-time politicians and we're going to have to pay them more because they're just going to be so busy with all these task force and ad hoc committees and standing committees and regular council like it's it we're just we're creating a a goliath a monolith mm -hmm. yeah fair I, I think in the recommendations or it could be one uh i'm of the opinion that members of council shouldn't be on these task force or working groups. We're the ones receiving the information. And one of the things I heard from one of our advisory committees that would have to be reimagined is members of council sitting on the committee actually are a barrier for people feeling comfortable and speaking freely because they think there's always, you know, the, the formal politician or, um, I think just having a counselor at the table immediately makes something political uh it, more meetings possibly but are we sitting in chambers for 12 hours or can we break that 12 hours up over the course of a week a week and a half two weeks uh this is a working role i'm of the opinion that a member of council should know more about levels of of the municipality and what we're voting on um i'm not a subject matter expert on everything but i know more time to study information and an opportunity to get into a deeper dive of things. I I would definitely feel a lot more comforted than come regular council when um, when we are making those votes. So you can you can peel an onion uh, in many different ways, right? Uh, it's just a matter of I don't know where I was going with that analogy, um, but right, yeah, whether it's you know, 12 hours at a time or 12 hours spread over a few meetings. It, it looks like more on paper, um, but I know when the clerk was showing us the comparison of the different committee agendas, at least with the standing committees, you would be focusing on the mandates given to you versus a full month of council meetings where you're really having to file follow, you know, 10 different meetings where they would all be coordinated into these central uh, themes or standing committees with very uh, clear and collaborative mandates. If you and I have done our job in this conversation, people will be so interested in this that they'll want to have input. How can they do that? Yeah, right now, the governance review, there's a, a survey online on engagecoburg.ca. I know some people might think that they are uh, surveyed fatigue, but this really is... Um, a data-driven, a quantitative opportunity for us to um, get some really good information. Uh, there's a, different things that we're testing from uh, the types of committees to how you want to engage with council. Um, and then we're going to be having an open house in May, May 26, I believe. Please fact check that date um, in, in your written word. And then there'll be a planning meeting in June with council where we will be receiving all of this information. So over the course of now, there's an online survey. You can attend open houses in May to get some verbal context and have an opportunity to chat with counselors and staff. And then there'll be that public meeting of council where we'll be hearing all the recommendations. And then after the public engagement section, a portion of the exercise, you know, staff will recalibrate and bring forward um, some hard recommendations for the public and council uh, to consider. So, and while this is all happening, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll also be doing our, this, the timeline is meant to line up with our strategic plan uh, so that we have a sense too of 
of our priorities for this term of council. I want you to imagine for a moment that you're sitting at a kitchen table in uh, somebody's home and you're looking at somebody that's very cynical about local government and council. And what do you want to say to them to get them motivated to get engaged in this process to make a difference? It's very easy to be cynical in this day and age. But what I say to people is show up. Your voice does matter. It's not a cliche. There are many of us that are listening. The more diverse and active and constructive voices we can hear, a greater representation that we can have in the community, uh, we are accountable to the voices of our of our citizens. And the one thing I really always say at a kitchen table is, if you are not if you are not aware, please don't risk making an assumption, reach out, ask the question. I was always told that a question is a request for more information. You have wonderful members of council who are very approachable and who have created informal opportunities uh, to come in and say hello, um, call or email. But in this era, the more we need to hear from uh, uh, more voices. We need collaboration. We need constructive input. Um, yeah, and we can all be part of making our community uh, a better place to live. But assumptions and attacks are not productive. Uh, but open, hard, uncomfortable conversations that are an exploration towards a solution, that's how change and consensus building is achieved. In, but that's my worldview. Nicole Beattie, thank you so much for talking to me today. Always a pleasure. Thank you for your interest in this. That was Coburg Deputy Mayor Nicole Beattie. If you have thoughts about how you would like to see council run, you can fill out a survey at the Engage Coburg website at engagecoburg.ca. That's engagecoburg, all one word, dot ca. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in. And I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at Consider this Northumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.